0: This is Council for Life, a podcast engaging conversations about mental health and the Christian life with licensed biblical counselors, Beth Brun and Eliza Huey. Season three, Eliza, we are now in season three of Council for Life. Yeah, it's, it's it's
1: pretty amazing to me when I think about how this all started, you know, we've talked about the story before we won't go into it there, but just like, there's clearly a need for conversations related to things that have to do with counseling, mental health, from a Christian perspective, from a biblical perspective that relates to everyday life that talks about the topics that uh, people want to talk about. So I'm just so encouraged that we have had so many listeners throughout these last seasons, and I'm excited
0: about what's ahead as well. Season three is going to be amazing. We're very excited. Uh, The guests that we've already booked that are coming on, and as you guys are hearing this, it's September, but we've been recording through the summer and spending time with these incredible people who have so much wisdom to share and who are uh, eager to minister to us, and that's what it has felt like. It feels like ministry to my soul as I get to listen to these people who've studied And their theology is deep and rich and they help people. This is what they do with their lives. And now they're, they're sharing that with us as a gift to us. I mean, they're volunteering their time to share their wisdom with us. And I'm, I feel so, so grateful. So you guys are in for treats every week. And they're, they're not just counselors, which is pretty cool.
1: So look out for various people who are experts in their field, But it's not necessarily counseling, but what they are talking about very much relates to counseling. So we are expanding the reach of the conversation, and I'm thrilled about that because Mm -hmm. God has gifted so many people in different ways, and it can all be very helpful to all of
0: us. So yes, and I love that it seems that what we're experiencing, I'm noticing this in books that are coming out and other podcasts and, and conferences, that there's an expansion of the need for integrative growth and health Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. believers that we, you know, when we think about our bodies and we think about mental health and we think about emotional health, we think about relational health and our spiritual growth, all of those things go together and God made us integrative beings on purpose. And so it's good that we get to talk about these things and hear from theologians and pastors and, you know, people who are doing good work in the field, but not necessarily counseling work there's all this yeah. integration I, I love that
1: yeah and we're we're really thankful for as we already mentioned for our listeners for those of you who have subscribed to our patreon that is something that some of you might not even know what that is i actually didn't know what it was until i heard it on another podcast that i listen to regularly um, several years back, I heard it and, uh, I looked into it and really what it is, is basically just saying, yes, this is a free podcast. It's free to our listeners. It's free to everyone, but it costs to put it out. It's, there's actually quite a bit of expense in a podcast of just getting the resources that you need to make sure that you guys can hear as well. And <laughs> Being able to put it out there and push it to different platforms as well as um, just, you know, hosting it and so forth. There's lots of costs involved, but we do have a Patreon and we want to encourage people to subscribe to our Patreon. If you listen to this podcast, I would say on the regular, I'm going to actually just take a little bold step and say, if you listen to it once or twice a month, we have about four episodes a month that come out. Would you consider subscribing to help us cover the costs of the production? And we start our subscriptions at $3. Like, really, you can't even get a Starbucks, I don't think, anymore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not.
1: I don't know. But yeah, so if that is something, if you feel like I have really benefited from this and I've shared it with somebody, if that's you, would you consider So supporting the podcast through our Patreon and we try to make it valuable to the, to our Patreon subscribers. We've done various things in the past. We've done different giveaways. We've done, um, bonus episodes that were just for the Patreon subscribers. We've done different things like that, given resources. But, uh, in this new season, we are going to be doing live Q and A topic calls, if you will, they're zoom calls. So if you are a Patreon subscriber, you will be invited to four of those calls throughout this next season, and they will be live on zoom and they will be interactive. So you can ask us questions. They will be on specific topics. There will probably be some resources that we give away in those calls as well, related to the topic uh, that we're talking about, as well as, um, some giveaways. Cause we always like to to try to bless our subscribers as well. So uh, I'll just give you guys a sneak peek so that you know the topics that we're going to be covering are, um, they're actually going to be topics that we've talked about but we're going to go into more detail. So I'm just going to kind of give you some some general topics, things like anxiety and trauma. We're going to talk about conflict and marriage, those kind of things. We're also going to talk about what it looks like to counsel teens and kids and what are some of the things that we need to understand as we move into those kind of situations. What do kids need regarding mental health? So those are just some things to kind of be thinking about, but we would love for you to check out our Patreon as well and it's on our website counsel for life podcast.com.
0: Yes, and you can also see in our show notes. We put a little information in there as well as a link in our show notes for how you can move over to put Patreon, see what's there and subscribe. So those of you who subscribed in t- in season 2, thank you so much and we're s- super grateful and we hope to have more. It's it's been fun to interact. There actually is an interactive component to Patreon as well, allowing for yep. you to message us and for us yep. to respond to you. We've had people uh, send us messages about what they want us to cover topics they want us to cover. And we've covered those, some of those topics. So it's a, it's a a way for us to connect with you. We love it too, to be able to connect more with our listeners. So, and yes. Yeah. So check it out. That's probably enough of a commercial. I'm glad that you guys let us share that with you, but uh, what are we, what are we talking about today? Well, so you and I, Eliza, we are cut from the same cloth. I know mm-hmm. that that is true. We knew that the first time we met, I think, <laughs> that yeah. we're kept from the same cloth. And it's it's something that is in our actual tagline. Listeners, if you listen at the beginning, obviously there's a little there's a little beginning intro that says that we are licensed biblical counselors. And we actually were just talking about that. Like some people don't know what that means. And we've actually had people ask us before, what is that? How do you how do you get to be a licensed biblical counselor? and we thought today would be great for us to just say what is that and how did we end up with both of those titles Uh, because both of us are and we wanted to just kind of give you guys some information about that but not just information but just kind of our, our philosophy and how the both of those things are held together as we think about our philosophy of counseling and care and from a biblical framework so eliza if i'm if i'm just asking you so what is a licensed biblical counselor what do you say to people at the outset of that conversation,
1: so one thing that I think can be confusing is that when people hear that, they hear it as one thing. That um, and because we are, you know, that that is a description to describe one person or for both of us here. But in essence, what we have done there is we have basically described our training and our expertise in that one uh, title. So what we're basically saying there is that we are licensed counselors. And we are biblical counselors. So just to kind of give you an understanding of that, both Beth and I have gone through uh, the requirements that the law puts on us for um, to be called a clinical licensed counselor. So we've gone through grad school. We've done the thousands and thousands <laughs> Of hours. Thousands. Ten thousands, yes. I should <laughs> yes, three thousands of hours related to the requirements for that. We have done numerous hours of supervision that is specific type of supervision to make sure that you are counseling in a way that is ethical, in a way that is um accurate for the the area of expertise that you have and so forth. So then on top of that, then we have taken a an exam required by the state that that um, we are licensed in or um, required by the board. And we answer in a sense to that board for us being a licensed clinical counselor. So that's the license part. We went to school for it. We, We went through all the regulations of the state. The biblical counseling side of it is both Beth and I have biblical counseling training. So I have gone through a CCEF, which is the The um, Christian Counseling and Educational Foundation, they have three levels of certificates, which are fantastic. I've done all three of those levels. And then um, both her and I have ABC certificate training. So the Association of Biblical Counselors has a certificate training, and we have all three levels of that training. And we both are instructors for um, people who want to become certified with ABC as well so we have a biblical foundation and for both of us I believe Beth we got that first that's Mm -hmm. where we started right Yep. so that's that's kind of the if I were just to say let me unpack what it means just on black and white Mm. you know that's it. We can put more color to that and maybe we should, but that's what it means is that we are licensed counselors and we are biblical counselors. And both of those titles describe
0: what kind of care we bring. Mm. Well said, first of all, and that's, we kind of think of that as like the elevator version of how we explain it to people. I do, when I think about helping people consider What do they want to do? Because that's usually the question that comes when people ask us, ask me, what is a licensed biblical counselor? They're interested in the field and they want to learn and they are thinking about wanting to do something as a career or in the church and they're wanting to understand what their options are. And we did have one other episode, I think last season, where we talked specifically about options. Yeah. It may have actually been season one. I don't think it was season one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, but. I I will say, you know, the the first thing for me was always as a disciple of Jesus Christ, I was, and someone who experienced, honestly, my own suffering led me to a space where I ended up in conversations with people who were suffering and I wasn't sure how to care for them. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to, I felt so drawn to love someone well and not to mess them up further, you know, like all of these things. And so I just began to read everything I could get my hands on. Even in my early 20s, I was reading anything I could find. There wasn't much out there, I'll tell you that, um, back in the late 90s, early 2000s. And so I read a lot. I did a lay counseling certificate from an organization that I don't even remember the name of anymore, but I was just trying to find what I could. And the whole goal was in the context of discipleship, I wanted to be able to offer deep theological truth and care and counsel to people who were suffering, but the more I did it, the more I wanted to learn. And and then i i found I found ABC later down the road, and and thought, oh goodness, this is just a wonderful way to be able to have more information, but also to to have, you know, it's nice to have a, a certificate of I, yeah. I've actually done this course and mm-hmm. I've completed it, but in in no way was I was I planning to actually. Do this for a living, or you know, professionally. I wanted to work in the local church, and I was volunteering in the local church, in Bible study, and um, leading groups for abuse survivors and things like that in the church. But nowhere in my mind did I think, oh, you know, I want to do this for a living. Well, then I decided to go back to school because actually, and I've said this before, I think on this podcast, my husband was like, "You're already spending all of our money on every book you can find. <laughs> Would you just go to school? <laughs> Would you just go back and get your graduate degree in counseling?" And so that's what I did. And again, with no intention of becoming licensed, uh, because I didn't expect that I would be in a clinical setting, you know, professionally doing it as a career. Yeah. And uh, but then after I graduated, I thought, you know what, I'll just go ahead and get my license. And I actually learned so much through supervision. It was wonderful. I had a wonderful supervisor. And it was great. And, and, and then that allowed me to be able to counsel professionally. Now there are more opportunities for those who don't have a license to be able to do counseling professionally um, as a biblical counselor. So, but just know that, and I've had this, this is another question that I get asked a lot. So I'll just say it. Uh, I've had people say, well, can I, can I get a job as a biblical counselor if I don't have a master's degree? And yeah. I usually just say it's pretty rare. Like it's pretty rare that you would make a living if you don't have a degree of some sort, whether from a seminary or a graduate school, where you could say I have a master's in counseling. Um, there is there are more and more possibilities, but um, but fewer if you if you don't have a graduate yeah. degree. I don't know thoughts thoughts on that, Eliza. Yeah, that
1: that kind of almost leads me to the question that people will ask: Do I need both? Do I need to have? a certificate in biblical counseling and a license in order to do this as a career. And the answer to that is no, I do agree with you that if you don't have a master's degree, I think people are looking for, let's just be honest. We are in the same boat. If I'm looking for somebody who is going to be my counselor, I am going to read their credentials. That's just the bottom line. And while I would say, I know some very wise, very equipped people who have not gone to get their master's degree, if you're going to do it as a business, as a profession, I guess I should say, as a profession, uh, it's going to help you to have that. It doesn't mean that you could never do it without that because I know that there are some people, even within the church, that the church recognizes this is a very wise person and they offer a lot of very solid, theologically deep, rich counsel and the church might just kind of almost employ them in some cases or at least point people to them if they had a um, if they had some kind of a a a private practice if you want to call it that but in general you will, you will do better and you'll be more equipped if you have that that master's degree though i i do want to say not necessarily required but a big help especially as people mm-hmm. see you, that you've taken the time to get get trained. Now you may say, I'm just going to go with a certificate. And that is an option. A certificate is something that will give you master's level training. So a lot of the classes are master's level. They're taught by, oftentimes taught by professors or um, experts in the field. And so that can be a huge benefit to you. So CCEF, ABC are are two, the ones that we have done. So we're most familiar with those two, but um, do you need both? No, you don't need both. And some people are only licensed. Some people as believers have said, I want to be in in the workforce, in the secular workforce, and I want to be able to be a light in that area and bring uh, the opportunity for maybe gospel conversations or just Christ-like love and compassion in a field that is not very occupied by Christians and so they're trying to change what that space looks like and I think we definitely need those people as well. So you don't need both. There's values to both and maybe that's something um maybe we can Beth if you want to just share what has been the value of both your biblical training and your licensed training.
0: I'm glad you asked. That actually was where I wanted to go with the conversation because many, many master's degree programs, even at Christian institutions, there's a requirement if the if the program at a master's level allows you to then go on and get licensed, it has to include certain elements of psychology. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what's required. So whether you're at a Christian institution for your master's level work or you you're at a secular institution, there are there's eight different domains that have to be covered in your program. And one thing that I was fortunate enough to go to a a Christian institution that allowed me to do some of this work, but I mean, there's an element of, as a believer, I'm reading these psychology books, I'm learning about diagnosis, I'm learning about disorders, personality disorders, things like that. And I'm wanting to have a biblical framework underneath it. I want my foundation to stay very solid. And it's really easy when you're in a program that that you're just constantly chewing on psychology all the time, right? right. Like if you're in a program, and and it, there's just it's so easy for us to miss really solid theology underneath that we need to stay grounded in, so that whatever we're chewing on that psychology will uh, will be filtered through that, and anything mm-hmm. that does not land in a in a biblical place we can say, "Oh, I'm not going to chew on this anymore." <laughs> or I'm right. going to, you know, I may have to for my for my class that I'm in or whatever, but I know I'm not going to make this a part of my practice as a counselor. And so, what the what a biblical counseling certification does is that you're taking classes, you're learning about a theological framework that you can stand on. And and I think we're just not necessarily going to get that in a master's level program. So, that to me is my greatest advantage of being ABC certified uh, from the get-go was just that I, I had this foundation of who is God? Who are people? What is the nature of man? What is the nature of healing? How do we find healing? How do we find holistic health? And the answers to those questions are very different <laughs> between a Christian worldview and a secular worldview. And so if we don't have the foundation of a, of a Christ-centered worldview, it's just really easy to miss and to chew up things and swallow things that actually aren't biblical in nature. So that would be, I think, a huge advantage.
1: Yeah. I would, I would add to all of that, which is so well said, I would add to the fact that we have been given an amazing gift by God in the scripture. And, uh, as a believer, just finding the scripture to be such a needed and a relevant and a helpful, uh, like, I guess, compass, you know, Mm -hmm. in, in so many things that I've gone through in my own life, it feels so much more than a compass, but because it is living and it is active and it is able to pierce through in those moments where I am feeling overwhelmed by something, then the scripture brings clarity in ways because of the fact that it is, it is breathed out by God and the Holy Spirit testifies from the words to our spirit, you know, in a way that my words as a counselor or somebody else's words as a counselor will never compare. And so all of those things that you said and just the the weight and the value that the scripture brings because it is the scripture because it is the active living word of god and as i have been counseling now for many years um i have i am more and more convinced that as i sit across the room from somebody or across the uh, across the seat from somebody however you want to say that in my counseling room i trust and i pray that god is using the words that come out of my mouth in a way for his glory and for the help of this person. And I pray that, but as I open scripture in ways that are comforting and supportive and encouraging, and sometimes even corrective in whatever ways the Lord is using. um, I know that God is going to use those in ways that are far better than any words that I can try to come up with. And so I do think that we need to make sure we are, um, Kind of underscoring, I guess, biblical counselors are tied to the Bible, and that's what you and I both are convinced of. And so you, you will never be able to take that away from me in a sense, like, like we've talked about before, there may come a time where our licenses will be something that we either give up or we decide it's, it's wiser for us not to pursue that route any longer, but I will never give up the scripture as uh, the, like I said, the compass and the, and the navigating direction and orientation for my view of how people change. And so, and for, and I say that because of my own experience in my own life of, of God speaking to me through his word and of course, through other people and and different means as well. But um, the power that the spirit has to change a life through his word is something that is specifically um, why we are biblical
0: counselors. (laughs) So Mm
1: -hmm.
0: um, yeah. And it gives credence for whether you do, whether you do a, a training in biblical counseling or something like that that's that's training for for christians who want to counsel whether or not you do that we need to be theologians we if we're going to love our neighbors well we need to know the scriptures we need to know the god of the scriptures we Mm -hmm. need to seek to understand and so reading rich theology even if there's stuff in there that i'm like i don't understand this i'm not some of these some of these guys are really smart and especially like when i read classic theology i'm like i don't understand some of these words i gotta have my dictionary with (laughs) me (laughs) but the the depth of being able to so theology is the study of god it's like yes we should do this we should study the god that we love we should know him well and regardless of what you're doing professionally um, but especially, I think if you're gonna if you're gonna do any kind of work that includes pointing people towards the Lord, we want to know which direction we're pointing. We need to yeah. be able to 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 say, I I, may, I don't know everything, and I'm not going to, but I at least I see the I can see the roadmap, and I can guide somebody on that roadmap towards the Lord. Yeah, and that's a huge yeah. that's a hugely important thing. So yeah, whatever whatever sort of adjectives describe us in our counseling practices, it's, it's less about the adjective and more about the, the roots, the foundation that, that runs yeah. deep for us. That we I manage. do hope
1: that it, I hope that I will always, and I pray that I will always be biblical in my counseling and I want that. And so that's, that's part of the reason why we describe ourselves as that. I do think it's important to also see the value of the license. And mm-hmm. some people may find it not valuable and i know some people who have let their license go because let's just be honest it's expensive number one
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right
1: it costs every single year in various ways both in a time commitment and a financial commitment uh there's there's other things involved in it but um i i have found so far that it continues to be something of value for me for for one reason and this is just something that is different in the biblical counseling world as far as training goes there is a requirement that is put on us as licensed counselors for accountability and continual training that is, I have not yet seen the biblical counseling world match. Now, I think there's, there's starting to be a change where people are trying to, different organizations are trying to say you need to have this many CEUs in order to continue to be a, a, Certified counselor under our organization, and they certainly offer training, but there is a requirement on us that we will not be licensed if we do not continue with certain um, growth in our academic training as far as the areas of expertise that we counsel in. So there's value in just that, because as much as we want to say, no, I'm going to keep learning, like when it's not required of you, there's other things that come into play that just, yeah. But I do think, so that's been valuable for me. It's also been valuable for me to have conversations in the clinical secular world that I have to think about as a biblical counselor, that I have to know how to answer in a way that makes sense to the clinical world, in a in a way that just isn't well. I don't believe that. Well, mm-hmm. that that's fine, and I guess you could say that. But I want to really do it in a way that's winsome, and that shows a level of um, just a well informed approach. Mm-hmm. So that when my counselees come in and they have been exposed to those kind of clinical conversations, I'm able to talk with them in a way that is not just critical of the clinical world to critique what's wrong with it, but to be able to say, you know what, we're grateful for this, that this, this area of, of study, this field, let's say, I mean, you and I both are trained in trauma a lot. We're grateful for the amount of work and, and, and research and, um, just all the various things that have gone into understanding trauma. We're grateful that the clinical world has done that and we can learn from that, whether it's empirical evidence or or um, actual scientific evidence or whatever it is, all of that can be helpful for us. And so we want to make sure we we have that kind of an understanding so that we can come into those conversations and not just be critical or maybe cautious only, certainly be cautious. But if you're only cautious, You might be missing some of the things that the Lord has given to us through these great minds and the incredible amount of work that people have um, done in these fields, specifically in the clinical world that we are invited into as licensed counselors.
0: Hmm. Well said. Well, I I hope this has been helpful for our listeners. I mean, I know not all of our listeners are in the counseling field or planning to become counselors, but even if you're a counselee or you're looking for counselor, this may help you to kind of think through when you see a title, what does that mean? Um, and, and, and I I think the last thing that I would say that sometimes people have confusion about is that when you are licensed, you are licensed with a specific state. Now you can get licensed in multiple states, but it's the state. So if, if you live in Oklahoma and you want me to be your counselor, I can't do that because I'm licensed in Texas. Mm -hmm. And some people don't, you know, that's, that's a confusing thing, which is understandable. But just so you guys know, whenever you're looking for a counselor, if you, if you type something in, in a group, a Facebook group online uh, saying, I'm looking for a counselor, and if you want a licensed counselor, you need to say which state you're in because that matters. Uh, counselors can only can only counsel within their state if they're licensed. So um, that's another important, I think, caveat. But this has been a great conversation. Thank you, Eliza, yeah. for your wisdom and your experience. I th- I think you you were like you were like preaching good news to us <laughs> there. Well,
1: and I think <laughs> one last thing I would say is just because people may say, "Do I need both? Do I need a licensed?" And biblical counselor, however you yeah. want to say that. No, you don't. We we offer a different, I guess, category of biblical counseling in that we bring that clinical component to it. Not everybody is looking for that. Mm-hmm. And not everybody is is going to you know, find that to be completely honest, because finding a biblical counselor who is also licensed, but is completely committed to a Christian worldview and emphasizing biblical care is, isn't all that common. It hasn't been something that has been, I would say all that encouraged as well. You don't necessarily need both. There might be some times when what you really need is a clinical counselor only. And we can talk about that maybe for another episode, but there are some circumstances where it might make sense for you to simply have a, somebody who is is licensed i guess one that comes to my mind just i mean we could talk more about this another time but you got a couple who one's a believer and one's not a believer but my goodness they need marriage counseling it might be best to get counseling from a licensed counselor, if it means they get into marriage counseling, if that person will not see a biblical counselor. Mm. So that's just one I could tell you many others, but there, there might be a season, a time where a licensed counselor is going to be best. Sometimes it's even just financial. Mm. Let's just be honest. If there's not biblical counseling in your area, that's another reason. Look, I'm going into all these <laughs> reasons, but anyways, <laughs> um, you know, financially, biblical counseling is becoming more expensive in different areas or completely not available. And so I might just say, I, I, my insurance covers this, and I'm going to go into it with a lot of wisdom and discretion and, and talking with my pastor along the way. But you, all that to say, do you need both? No. And if you get both, praise God, because you've got somebody there who has invested a whole lot of time to be wisely discerning in the clinical world and faithfully competent in the bi- biblical world. And so- Anyways, this has been a good conversation. I hope our listeners have thought so as well. Beth, I am really looking forward to this coming season and the many conversations we're going to have. And we just want you to know, listeners, that we are doing this as a labor of love for you all. We hope that these conversations, they bless Beth and I for sure, (laughs) but we hope that they are an encouragement to you as well. So thanks so much, Beth. And I look forward to talking to you in season
0: three. All right. See you next time.
1: Thank you for listening to Council for Life. We want to invite you to become a friend of the podcast by subscribing to our Patreon. Subscribers get to participate in quarterly Zoom calls with the hosts, where you can ask questions and engage in topics related to past or upcoming episodes. Subscribers are also automatically entered into drawings for free books and resources. For more information, visit www.counselforlifepodcast.com. And as always, be sure you stay in the loop by hitting that like and subscribe button so you never miss an episode.